G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I just wanted to see and meet this guy who works with addicts. He asked me a bit about myself. I told him, you know, what was going on, and and then he shared his story with me, and it was quite similar to mine. And and I found myself sitting there crying, listening to this man tell me about how he lost his son through alcohol, and I just broke. I hadn't cried since I was a kid. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have the conclusion of our special six-part series that shows how God doesn't choose the most likely people to do something special in His kingdom, but rather God likes to use the least likely people, people who have made mistakes and have gotten themselves into trouble. These are the types of people God likes to use to do remarkable things. As we heard last time, Danny and Brooke Sharp met in a detox centre. This was followed by a dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship. And then eventually, Brooke left Danny. She took their two children and went to live in a home for women. While she was there, she became a Christian and began to live a separate life from Danny. Meanwhile, Danny's life was getting worse and worse as he sank deeper into depression and alcoholism. I was yeah, about 29 or nearly 30 at that stage. I'd just been going hard really for the last... 10 years or so. Um, yeah, I was having my 30th. Brooke brought the kids over to see me. We were at a river in Yarra Junction. I didn't have friends. I didn't have anybody, so I didn't see family or whatever. And, yeah, Brooke asked me the question on my 30th, what do you see for this year and for yourself? And I said, death. That's that's what I see. That's what I want. Um, that's what I'm chasing. I'm not searching to get free from this stuff anymore because... I just know I can't now. I've tried for eight years to get free and, and I can't. Wow. And it's destroyed me. So I want to die this year. I don't want to make 31. If I can go back probably six months before that, mm-hmm. Brooke, Brooke had noticed how just down I was and and she invited me to church just out of the blue. Knowing so, how anti-God and everything you were. Yeah. yeah. So you still did it, Brooke. I still. It took me time. I did, it took me time. I knew how Andy got he was, but I knew we were in a hopeless situation. Yeah, she just asked me, and I thought, well, all right, I'll come along, not to do anything. It was pretty much just to prove that even Christianity's not going to work. Hmm. Everyone else hasn't worked. Why would this? And then spent the next six months just, you know, running my own life or ruining it. But then, you know, after six months, fast forward six months with. Um, Brooke at that time in the river and then the next time I saw her she gave me a phone number for a man and said I want you to call this man if you if you want to try something else give this man a call and he's he's a Christian man he's a little bit rough around the edges but give him a call he's he works with addicts mm. and um, you know leave it with you sort of thing and and I just screwed up a bit of paper and just threw it away, threw it wherever. And um, the next three days I just 
was doing my own thing and, and then I found it again and and I was feeling a little bit, you know, a little bit sick again. And the little piece of paper. Yeah, the little piece of paper. Found it screwed up next to me bed. Um, woke up and saw the number and thought, I'm going to call this guy today. I'll see what he's got. I didn't expect any help. I just wanted to see and meet this guy who works with addicts. I'd met a lot of counsellors before and that, and I'm not saying they don't work, but, you know. Didn't work for you. It didn't work for me, so. So you meet this guy? Yeah, yeah, I went and met this guy. I was looking for a guy a bit rough around the edges, tattoos and, you know, and. Brooke, you're laughing. Why is that? Is he not like that or? No, 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 he is. I just think that, (laughs) I think (laughs) the story goes that he, he picked somebody completely oh, was, Yeah, I was, the guy that I was meeting was, he was a little bit late to our first yeah. coffee. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I'm looking around for this guy going, who looks a bit rough? And there was a homeless guy with, <laughs> with uh, like, a really big beard. and um, So you're thinking, that's that's got to be the guy. Pushing a trolley with all his belongings in it. So I went up and said, oh, you know, you, Jeff. <laughs> And he just growled at me, and I'm thinking, well, I, you know, must not be the guy. I hope it's not him because mm. it's not a good first impression, you know. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But then you eventually meet. Well, I did, mate. Yeah, and um, well, his name's Jeff Marsh, um, who we just had on recently. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And yeah, he sat down and and he was smiling, and he asked me a bit about myself. I told him. You know what was going on and where I was at mentally, and and then he shared his story with me, and it was quite similar to mine. And and I found myself sitting there crying, listening to this man tell me about how he lost his son through alcohol and his relationships fell apart. Just so similar, mm-hmm. and to see how happy he was at that time. And and I just broke. I hadn't cried since I was a kid. And this man got me crying. And you're in a restaurant or something? In a coffee shop in, yeah, just a local. And you're local. just crying right there? Yeah. Yeah. Once I started, I just couldn't stop. I went away thinking after we, you know, when we'd finished, I went, what just happened? I don't know. I, I, something lifted off me that day. Mm. I think, you know, through the tears and that, that. That was just what I needed right at that time. It kept me alive, that meeting. What do you think touched you the deepest? Um, well, I think just his gentleness, his where he'd come from. Just a, a rough background, but but he spoke, when he shared his story, he spoke of a, of a mum who just loved him so much. Um, Helen Marsh. Helen Marsh, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and just prayed for him when she when that's all she had, when she couldn't do any more for him. And and we know now that, of course, Helen has her own story. Yeah, yep, yep. And I, you know, I've got a mum, not not through the prayer side of it, but just a mum who loves me so much. And mm. to listen to him talk about, you know, what went on for him in recovery from mm. alcohol. And it's not even, you know, not even just to be about recovery of alcohol. It was a recovery of his life. Mm-hmm. And... He he was saying things I'd never heard before like that. Like he wanted his life back. He didn't want to just be alcohol free, he wanted his life back and 
And that's what you wanted. That's what I wanted. Yeah, 100%. That's what I've been searching for since I was 22. I'd never heard those words. It was all about abstaining from alcohol, drugs, and I wanted my life. I wanted life back. And you knew that it had worked for him. Yeah, yeah. I could so that gave that. you some hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I went away from that, and that's all I could think about was this man, Jeff. And whatever he said or did to me that day, something in me has changed. I'm There's less a glimmer angry. of hope. Yeah, I'm less angry. I Really, just from that one... Yeah, Jack. I went away. I after crying and and listening, I went away, and I was still angry. I still wanted Brooke to hurt, but I, you know, I, I wanted it to be a nicer, a bit, ni- a bit <laughs> a, nicer, a bit nicer for hurt. her. To, <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, did you know he was feeling this about you? <laughs> oh, I could tell. I could tell. Yeah, it was never. Um, you know, it, it sounds like uh, as we share this story, you know, it sounds like we spent a lot of time together, but. We actually didn't, you know. There was, yeah, a lot of time where we, where we didn't have any contact and mm. stuff. Um, it was the times, I guess, that we did have contact was when Danny did go and get help, and he was safe to have around the kids and and have around us. So, yeah. So then he meets Jeff Marsh, and things start to change. Did you notice mm. any change at this point? Well, it's really uh, just a bit of a backstory. What was happening for me is I had decided I needed to put some strong boundaries in place. I'd learned this new word, boundaries, and, and now I was going yeah, to implement Yeah, it sounds like a theme there for you, which is healthy. Yeah, I'd never been taught them, and I was like, I need to put some boundaries in place to protect all of us, including mm-hmm. the kids. So I thought yep. the way to get some consistency is to um, get some court orders put in place so the kids can know that Dad's going to see them on certain days and things like that. At the same time, I was involved with a um, small group Bible study with some older ladies, and I was telling them about how I'd been to the lawyer and we're going to put these things in in place and and stuff. And so I became very vulnerable and shared exactly what was going on in my world. And they had said, "Can we pray for Danny?" Now, for me, that was a hopeless. That was a, a waste of breath. Now, God could love me, but there's no way He could love Danny. Is what you were thinking? There's just, uh, there's just no way. Yeah, there was no way that this man could be changed. I just couldn't see it because I don't think at that point I still understood God's love for me. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it happened for me, but there's just no way it could happen for Danny. It's interesting. Was, so, so maybe he could love me, but Danny, no. 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 <laughs> I, it was more that Danny couldn't love him. That was where I. Oh, sat. you didn't think Danny think could love Danny, himself? Dan, no, that Danny could never love Jesus. That, that oh, was I see. that was where my thinking came from. Like, he just hates him. He hates him so much that you're just wasting your breath. But if you want to do that, go for it. And then six months later, I was at a a camp and Danny rocks up there with another friend. It was a Christian camp that um, had like a a day there as well. And Danny rocked up with this other person who was a mutual friend, who was a Christian, and shared that he'd had an experience. You're listening to The Story. Our guests today are once again Brooke and Danny Sharp sharing their amazing story. We just heard how Danny met a previous guest in our six-part series, Jeff Marsh, and Danny shared the impact this was starting to have. Next, we'll find out the incredible way God has completely changed Danny and Brooke's lives. That and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. 
or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Brooke and Danny Sharp sharing their remarkable life journey with Eric Scatterbo. Before the break, we heard how Danny shared with Brooke that he had had a spiritual experience. Now, here's more of their story. Yeah, well, um, you know, Jeff that I mentioned about, I kept meeting up with Jeff, you know, once a week or twice a week just for coffee and just to chat about what mm-hmm. the week had been like. And um, then he invited me to church, yeah, just out of the blue. And I thought, sure, why not? I'm mm-hmm. I'm feeling okay. Um, but the week leading up to the church, I, I was quite a bad week. So I'd planned to go away camping that weekend. I packed my car on the Friday after work and I wasn't coming back. I said, oh, I don't want to get to 31, so I don't want to. This is a weekend. Oh, so wow. I'm going away and, yeah, that's it. So even though you had this glimmer of hope, mm. you still felt... Yeah, I still had lots of down moments. The, the glimmers lasted for a bit, but, you know, they could be overridden like any other feelings I'd had. If I numbed them out with drugs or alcohol, then they would disappear. So I had planned to go into the bush and just not come back. But it was, yeah, on the Friday that Jeff rang and invited me to church on the Sunday. So I I found on, that... Just wait, on the very weekend you were going to end it all, mm-hmm. he called you up. Mm, yes. So all, all of a sudden I'm left with, you know, what do I do? Do I go camping or do I go to this church, which I've never been to? And um, camping meant death. Yeah, yeah. And well, luckily for me, yeah, I ended up not going away and I went to the church on the Sunday and met Jeff there and um, that was a pretty different experience for me. You know, I walked in and worship had already started, the music, and walked in and Everyone's up dancing and singing. Their hands are up in the air, and and you're thinking. My first thought was, oh, I thought I was on the drugs, <laughs> but it seems everyone else is here too. So, um, yeah, there was lots of lots of happiness in the room. That's what I first noticed, and yeah, so that was my first experience. Nothing sort of really happened out of that. Not that I knew at the time, but um, yeah, over the next few weeks, I, I kept going back on the Sunday and and it got to the point where I really wanted to go so I made sure on the Saturday that I didn't drink or have drugs so I'd be good for Sunday morning so I could go to church and yeah it was probably the fourth time that I went there that I was just listening to this song that they were singing up the front I can only imagine and it broke me I sat down and and I just, I love that song. I love the words. Mm-hmm. I love the feeling that it gave me inside listening to that song. And I don't know, Jeff must have been watching me or something because he came over and I said, I don't know what's going on. I love this song. You know, I didn't drink yesterday so I could get here and feel good or better. And he told me that, that this feeling, this is Jesus. This is what he what he offers. This is what he wants for you. And it only gets better if you want it. And, yeah, I said I do. I, I do want it. And it was a good Friday. Yeah, so that's that was the day I, I realised that whatever this is, 
I want more of it. So I, I asked Jesus into my life, but I, I, I didn't really know what that meant. Mm-hmm. It was more I was asking these the way I was feeling. I asked that to continue. That's mm. what I wanted. I want to feel like this. And um, if this feeling is called Jesus, then, then I'll take it mm-hmm. for sure. So Now take us up to the time that Brooke is referring to where you meet her at a camp. Yeah, well, I, it might have even been that weekend, the Easter weekend. Oh, the same weekend. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, there's so this a, is fresh. This is yeah. Wow, this just happened to you. Yeah, yeah. So it was a Good Friday service at the church I went to, and Brooke was up there and up at Belgrave. So a friend that you know I'd been hanging out with a bit, who the Christian lady, but who came from a similar background. Um, mm-hmm. She was a good lady. Um, yeah, she took me up to Belgrave, and Brooke's up there, and and I said, you know, I yeah just become a christian and and i just hug somebody and i don't hug i'm not a hugger i'm what did you think when you saw that brooke yeah look i I was pretty blown away at that moment and i should say that this is belgrave heights christian conference which is every year for several decades it's been there for this conference on easter weekend yeah and people camp around there that's right so that's where you were yeah and i'd actually gone with these ladies who were praying for danny so they were there at this point as well. Oh, so, wow. Looking closely. Yeah. So they got to hear, yeah, what was going on for him too. Um, so this had happened for Danny, but I was still hurt. So it was a moment, but I wasn't sure that mm-hmm. it was a real moment. Well, I think um, I think me telling Brooke and, and those two ladies were there and Brooke said, you know, I want to introduce you to somebody. You know, and they told me they'd been praying for me. Still, it made no sense to me. I was starting to get a, a group of guys that, you know, I was starting to trust, Jeff being mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah. I'd met another couple. He Jeff had started up a, a group called Elisha Care. So I'd mm-hmm. met a couple of guys there that, you know, two of them gave me some work. So I was starting to get involved in their lives a bit and, mm-hmm. and them in mine. So, you know, it's great that these ladies were praying for me, but I'm getting the real help from these blokes because mm. I didn't understand what power prayer holds or anything. Um, yeah, and I, I think I, I realised that, that this was going on for me. Um, Brooks on her journey, I don't even know what this looks like for me, but it's, it's really happening to me. I, I was still drinking, you know, nightly, but I'd wake up and I'd still have these feelings inside me. The, the drink wasn't pushing it away. Because normally you were drinking to kill feelings. Yes. But all of a sudden you were having feelings that you didn't want to kill. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was going to work and I was happier. Did your drug use and alcohol use reduce? Yeah, yeah. Once I, I was, still took a, a bit of time and... Through Elisha Care, they ran a few groups where guys would catch up, guys and girls. And Elijah Care is for people who are dealing with addictions. Yeah, so I I met quite a few people, some who were where I was at, some who had been off the drugs and that for 10 years and just loved Jesus. And you ask them how they did it. Jesus did it for me. And then how did the two of you get back together? Oh, that took a fair bit of time. Um, And it was certainly not in my thinking 
or or Danny's thinking, you know, we we wanted to, you know, do the best we could, I guess, for our kids, but there had been a lot of water under the bridge. Anyway, to cut a long story short, we, uh, Elisha Care, were doing a baptism day, and we were both involved with Elisha Care, and so on this day we decided that. I would get baptised. Danny was going to be baptised. There were some other people baptised down at So Torquay. you're both getting baptised, but yet yeah, you didn't think there was any hope for you guys getting no. back together? No. You know, yeah. I, look, I say that, but I guess there was always that glimmer of hope. I think mm. when, you, when you've got the father of your children, I think for most women... Actually, I'm going to I'm going to risk it and say for all women, they want the father of their children around. They mm-hmm. do. Mm. And so there's always that little bit of hope. And... So we, we had our baptism on this day. I mean, that's pretty monumental in and of itself. Totally. Both of you yep. who met in a detox center yep. being baptized. That's right. It really is. It really is. Anyway, that, that so the following day, because we were all the way on a Elisha Care camp, and the following day, Danny came to me and asked whether we could just go out and have coffee without the kids and just hang out. And so we went out and we hung out together, which was the first time we'd ever really, like we never dated or anything like that previously. And so we went and just hung out and we talked and there was intimacy there without being intimate, if that makes Mm. any sense. It was a conversation and the way we could talk was totally different than I'd ever experienced with him. Um, It gave me kind of butterflies. It was like I was meeting somebody for the very first time, in a sense. Well, he was um, technically a new creation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was about two years after becoming a Christian. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but we want to fast forward to some more good stuff. So you eventually got back together, and now you're passionate about some ministry work as mm-hmm. well. So kind of take us up to what has happened since the two of you were reunited. Yep. So we spent five years separated and, um, and and really know that we couldn't have brought this back together, that God has totally brought this back together. Mm. Fantastic. Um, and, and I guess in, in knowing that he has done this for Danny and Brooke, it's that possibility that he can do that with, with other families. Mm-hmm. He can restore other families. So at, at present, I'm doing work now at Benwaran. So the place that I went to in my mm-hmm. absolute mess, I'm now able to um, be working there three days a week and being able to give back to those girls that are now walking through the door who I can completely understand and identify with. Yeah, how long have you been helping there? Yeah, so I've been um, working there for probably the last eight years. Wow. Yeah. So you've seen all kinds of ladies yep. come and go yep. in desperate situations. Yep, yep. totally. Yeah. And have been able to minister to them. And give them hope. And Danny? Yeah, I think being part of Elisha Care, I've been part of it since, you know, I first came in. I'm still part of it now. So Elisha Care, we've gone from, you know, just hanging out on the street, having coffee and catching up with guys, um, to now having a garden and lawn mowing maintenance business. And I worked in that business for two and a half years and um, some of the guys I got to work alongside were were where I used to be. They were just messed up and a lot of them had kids. That, so you are able to help them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether I helped them, but, <laughs> but I was allowed to be involved in their lives and, and they got involved in mine and involved with, you know, Brooke and the kids and we'd catch up and some of the times they'd be hurtful 
you know, they'd see me with my kids and it would hurt them too much. Mm. But And you know what that feels like. I do, yeah. And it can go one of two ways, really, that I've seen. Guys that it drives them to go, I want more, I want what Danny's got and what this guy... Did you or, ever or think Jesus. somebody would look at you and say, I want what Danny's got? No, nah, only my beer. <laughs> 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 That's um, not kind of where I was going yeah, with that, but I got nah, you. <laughs> nah. But um, no, nah, I never thought that... Um, I want what Danny's got. He's yeah. got something special. I want that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, not all the guys see it like that. Mm. Some of them go back to what they were doing previously. Yeah, they have a choice. it's too hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's too hard. And an addiction, it's not an easy place. Yeah. You know, it's a fight and it's the second most powerful thing I know is drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Um, and first being? Well, Jesus. Mm. Jesus is the most powerful thing I know because he overpowered this for me. Mm-hmm. So I get a chance to share that with guys. I did for two and a half years, you know, of working for Elisha Care. And most important, you know, I've loved doing that. And any opportunity I get now, I work for myself now. But I, I get to take guys out with me who are involved with Elisha Care. Or so not. you're still involved with I Elisha Care? I am still involved, yeah. I'm, we're on the board of Elisha Care. Oh, is that right? And, yeah, that's right. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, come along leaps and bounds. Um, Fantastic. But, yeah, it's I still get a chance to, if any opportunity I get to walk alongside a guy and if he's got struggles, you know, with alcohol and that, i I've got a bit of experience, you know, with it, so I can yeah, pick yeah. up on, you know, maybe... And give them encouragement. Yeah, and maybe what's really going on. Wow, unbelievable. Mm. Started off in a detox center, both struggling with addictions, to where you are today on the board of Elijah mm. Care, and you've been working with Ben Warren for several years, mm. so you're helping there. Unbelievable transformation. Mm. What a fantastic story. Brooke and Danny, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having us. us. Well, that's the conclusion of our special six-part series, tracing the amazing way God worked in the lives of several broken people. It's remarkable to think that it all started with a 14-year-old, Helen Marsh, getting pregnant and having to give up her baby for adoption. Then, 29 years later, she was finally reunited with her daughter, Jan, who was also a Christian. Then Helen's son, Jeff Marsh, shared his story of going from thinking he was a nothing to being the founder of Elisha Care, a ministry to broken people. And as we heard today, Danny was at his lowest point when he met Jeff on that fateful day in the cafe. And now... All of them know each other through Jeff's ministry, Elisha Care. To learn more, the website is elishacare.org. That's elishacare.org. Well, I hope you've enjoyed being on the journey with us through this six-part series as we've traced the lives of Helen and Jeff Marsh and Danny and Brooke Sharp. It's been awesome to hear how God chooses some of the most unlikely people to do some of the most remarkable things. Thanks for joining us for all of these inspiring stories. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.